the shortages of supplies of you know critical supplies. And when you get a complicated capital asset like a car, there's a lot of different components. And if you can't get one component, sometimes you can't build the car. Yeah. Right. And so that has rippled through a lot of different things. It's affected the construction of housing, the construction of cars. You also have a lot of people who, you know, looked at COVID and the and the requirements to work through COVID and, and they're not in the labor force anymore. Right. Right. So all of these things combined with the additional stimulus package. And so the end of 2021, we were already having inflation. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the fourth season of Ready to Scale. I'm your host, Ellie Perlman. Real estate investing is not rocket science, but it's not a fairy tale either. It's an incredible investment vehicle that builds and grows wealth. I have done it, and this is why so many of the wealthiest people in America, and in the world actually, invest in real estate as well. Listen in every week to learn about all the different real estate asset classes, which strategies experienced and successful investors use to live their best lives, and the processes to do it. Don't reinvent the wheel. Just listen in every week to grow your knowledge along with me and to move your finances to a place where you can live an extraordinary life. This show is sponsored by my company, Blue Lake Capital, where we help passive investors grow their wealth through large multifamily investments and funds. To learn more about my company and invest in with me, visit www.bluelake-capital.com. Welcome to Ready to Scale Season 4. Let's get started. Hello, hello. Welcome to a different edition of Ready to Scale. I'm Jeanette Robinson, Director of Investor Relations, coming to you from the beautiful blue skies of Boston. And with me is our asset manager, Neil McDonough. And today we thought we would have a unique type of episode to talk about, you know, the market is crazy. There's so much stuff happening. There's high inflation. You know, you've got the war in Ukraine. You know, there's all these different things happening in our world right now. And, you know, it's left people in a position to really stop and question a little bit, you know, what's going to happen next and what do we do with our investments and the direction of our financial planning from here. So Neil and I thought it'd be good to take some time to really, you know, talk about the elephant in the room. Let's talk about everything that is happening right now. And before we, you know, started recording, Neil and I started falling into a good conversation. So Neil, just to kind of catch the listeners up to where we were in our conversation, let's talk first and foremost about what are all these factors like? How did we get here? So I guess I would I would start with, you know, looking at the unique aspects of COVID and the reaction to COVID, because I think that's really kind of setting the table for the current situation that we're in, at least until the end of 2021. So, you know, we had the people leaving the workforce, there was a lot of supply shortages of mm-hmm. different things that continues. That certainly hasn't abated to a great degree yet. And then we had the Trump administration came up with a stimulus package. And then the Biden administration also yeah. came up with a stimulus package, right? So much so that, I mean, one of the challenges for us is that this has been a supply side event as much as anything else, right? It was more about the fact that COVID made workforce is so unreliable in different places that it was very hard for people to provide whatever they had been providing. And so that caused a lot of spikes in prices. And it got to the point where, you know, we've been seeing these prices since last year. And Jerome Powell said, 
that this was transitory, you know, and I'm sure he's correct, but I don't think it's the time frame that he was thinking of, because I think he was expecting that we'd be coming out of that inflationary period now. But the shortages of supplies of, you know, critical supplies, and when you get a complicated capital asset like a car, there's a lot of different components. And if you can't get one component, sometimes you can't build the car, Yeah. right? And so that has rippled through a lot of different things that's affected the construction of housing, the construction of cars. You also have a lot of people who, you know, looked at COVID and the, and the requirements to work through COVID and, and they're not in the labor force anymore, right? right? So all of these things combined with the additional stimulus package. And so the end of 2021, we were already having inflation. Unfortunately, then Russia decided to take on Ukraine, attack Ukraine, and then that created a whole host of other issues, right? Because what happened was the Russians, you know, because they were the aggressors, a number of, of nations reacted to put sanctions on them. Mm-hmm. And that affected a lot of things in terms of both you know, fundamental economic situations, food and fuel. Yeah. Russia and Ukraine both produce a lot of, you know, not only food and fuel, actually, but fertilizer as well, right? Mm-hmm. And in addition to all that, you know, the Russians have, because of the sanctions, have been denied a lot of technology and their production of oil is actually going down as the availability of technology is not there for them. So all of these things have combined and really kind of created a bit of a perfect economic storm for this inflationary situation that we're in. And, you know, one of the challenges, I think, from a Fed perspective is they really were not equipped to, to historically to go back and look at this because we haven't had a pandemic for 100 years. And whatever happened 100 years ago is totally different or at least a lot different than what we're seeing now. Right. And so here we are now in a situation where inflation is the highest in 40 years. And so your question is, well, how does this affect real estate in general and how does it affect multifamily? Yeah. So how it affects real estate is it's a challenge for a lot of real estate types because a lot of real estate types have long duration leases. And the fact that inflation has been so low for so long, a lot of the investors have not put the emphasis on CPI adjustments and regular rent increases in their leases that they had historically, particularly in response to the inflation that they had seen prior, right? Now, for the listeners that are not you know, quite as seasoned in investing and kind of newer into their investing journeys, can you talk about what CPAI is and why it matters? So the consumer price index. So this is a government measurement of the increase in the cost of items. I'm not sure you know how accurate it is, but it's what's used. And a lot of leases right. will cite the CPI and say, you know, we'll get a CPI increase in our rents every year. And that historically had been something that was done a lot, but has fallen out of favor as you know inflation rates have been so low. It hasn't been kind of worth the negotiation in the process, right? But that puts you in a bad position if you have a retail lease or another kind of commercial lease that has a longer duration because you probably have let that go. In multifamily, it doesn't work like this actually because there's seasonality to the market. Mm-hmm. But in multifamily, you know, if you just looked at it on average, you're repricing 12%, one twelfth of your product every single month, right? right? So it's only a one year lease duration typically. You know, they, they can go a bit longer, but typically it's only one year, maybe you know, 16 months at the most. Mm-hmm. So you constantly have an opportunity to reprice as inflation hits, right? So that's a terrific advantage in terms of being able to respond to the market. So ironically, you're actually saying that that is advantageous for us at this time. Well, what I would say about it is, is that, you know, disruptions in the economy overall can be a challenge, right? But relative to other product types, I would say we're in a better position to deal with inflation. Interesting, interesting. So, you know, staying true to the core of the show's theme, right? We always talk about the asset, the process and the strategy. So obviously today we're talking about multifamily and now we're really talking about, you know, kind of what is the strategy for navigating 
through this market, you know, when it comes to multifamily investments, right? So very interesting because of the inflationary market, this puts us at a better competitive positioning, if you will, in being able to renegotiate the pricing. Yeah. So inflation isn't going to be helpful from an operating perspective because the prices are going to go up. There will be, I expect, opportunities in the market because, you know, real estate is a very capital intensive industry. Whether you're buying your own home or whether you're investing in real estate, typically people use use leverage, they use debt to enhance their returns, mm-hmm. right? But when you have that situation, the cost of the debt can affect the value of the underlying asset. And that's, you know, that's one of the things that happens. So we're in a position of volatility in the marketplace, which will, you know, likely create some buying opportunities as things get repriced. Right. So that's one of the things for us to focus on is what are the opportunities that are out there? And, you know, it's really a question of how does this asset priced relative to where it wants to be long-term? You know, right. what does this asset mean long-term? So from that perspective, you know, there's the potential for an opportunity. From an operating and asset perspective, you know, what you really don't want to be doing is going out to market for debt in, you know, a debt market that has a lot of volatility, right? right? And so that's another situation where when the crisis in 2008 happened, a lot of real estate values were hurt because people couldn't put debt on their assets, right? And one of the advantages that multifamily had through that situation was Freddie and Fannie stayed in existence and they continued to lend money. And so multifamily was more liquid and retained more of its value through that downturn, right? right? And, you know, under the current circumstances, it's hard to imagine that would be any different, you know, if this circumstance changed and got negative. So you, you know, right. So you, and on that note, actually, I think it's important too to address, you know, a lot of people have had concerns about are we in a housing bubble, but we're in a radically different position right now than we were in 08. Yeah, I think the most fundamental challenge that this country faces from a housing perspective is a lack of supply, mm-hmm. right? So there is demand for housing and it outstrips the supply that's available. And that fundamentally kind of underlies all of the investment in housing. Right. And then much like <clears throat> is increasing in price due to inflation, the reality is, is that rents will continue to increase right along with that. Well, that's the expectation, mm-hmm. right? That's the expectation. I mean, you know, inflation is, you know, affects a lot of things and it affects things in different ways. But the expectation would be that, you know, we would be able to by and large, you know, keep our rents in, in a place that's healthy for the properties. Right, right. Well, good. So Thank you, you know, for kind of expanding upon that. I'm, I'm a huge believer in learning from the wisdom and experience of those around me, for sure. And definitely I'm grateful and happy that you're on the team. Can you share with, you know, everybody kind of how you are going to go through kind of a process, if you will, right? The process of how do you really navigate as you go through, we kind of talked about the strategy, but how are you going to navigate managing these assets, you know, throughout this part of the cycle? So this happens to, I think, have caught us at a good time relative to, you know, where we are with properties. We have a number of properties that we're in the process of executing a value-added strategy on. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and those strategies take time to get to fruition. There will be bumps in the road in terms of the environment. And, you know, there's other things that you can't necessarily anticipate. But, right. you know, I'm comfortable that we're doing the right things in the properties that we have. And that we're in, we're not in a position where we have to go to market for a sale or refinancing anytime soon. So that kind of volatility is, you know, hopefully that, that will calm down and over time, and we'll be able to produce a product in a time and a place where the market really is looking for that. So that's the goal. And so that doesn't really change what we're doing so much. I mean, you're always looking at 
what technologies are available and how they can allow you to do more in your properties and just approaches and how do you make these properties more valuable, right? Mm-hmm. But those things exist all the time. That's an ongoing process. I feel like, you know, we're in a good place with these properties and we have some, we have a lot of work to do and it's a good time to get that work done. So basically just, you know, stick to the plan and continue to hold the assets as we kind of navigate through this part of the cycle, which really we're in a great position to do and wait until the timing is right to make any decisions otherwise, right? Right. And, you know, the subject of monitoring the market in general and the Mm -hmm. economy in general, you're always looking at that situation saying, well, you know, what should we do under these circumstances? And so that doesn't change. You know, we might find opportunities. I expect that we'll find opportunities we didn't anticipate. I'm not sure that there'll be in properties that we are currently managing, but you know, I expect that there'll be some kinds of opportunities. So, yeah. you know, we just have to go out there and do our work and see what opportunities are there. Awesome. Awesome. Now, I'm curious, just because I don't get to get involved as much, you know, with the assets as you do, since I'm on the investor side of the house, what kind of technologies have impressed you that you've come across Especially I, historically, really throughout your career, I got to say. Well, I mean, it's, you know, it's interesting to try to figure out, you know, is it good or bad, right? Because, you know, you don't advertise except on the internet and that's such mm-hmm. a great environment. But, you know, is that a net positive? I'm not sure. You know, <laughs> I mean, what happened with the internet was money that went was dispersed all over the country now goes to Google, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it doesn't affect so much what you're doing on a property level because you're trying to reach out to people wherever they might be. But it's an interesting thing to happen in the economy, yeah. you know, but there's a lot of changes. There's a lot of, you know, it's, it's great that a lot of things can be done more easily and, and more quickly and, you know, leases can be done right away. And those things are terrific. But, you know, there's pluses and minuses. You know? <laughs> As with all technology, I think everyone will agree that there's always a love-hate relationship with all forms of technology for all of us. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, Neil, thank you so much for taking some time to speak with me about this. I know it's been on the mind of investors and, you know, something that we're obviously constantly monitoring and ensuring, you know, that we are taking into account at all times. This has been fun. I appreciate you taking some time to talk about the, it's all very interesting and the positions that we're in right now are very strong ones. So I'm glad for that. And I'm very confident in, in what we're doing here and I appreciate you taking some time. And for those of you that were listening, I hope that this has been helpful to you to help you kind of figure out what you need to keep an eye on and what you're going to do with your own portfolio. And if you decide that you are interested in investing with us, you can always do so by coming to our website, bluelake-capital.com and navigating to the Invest With Us tab. And I'll be happy to speak with you from there. All right. So thanks so much for joining us on the show today. Neil has already participated in the lightning round questions. So I won't put him through that a second time, but we appreciate you all. And in the words of Ellie Perlman, be bold, be strong, and keep moving forward and building an extraordinary life. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.